All right, hello and welcome to another episode of the Southside Trap Podcast. It's your girl, Sandra, back here to recap another Red Stars victory. It feels good to say. And I couldn't do it alone, so I'm here with my homie and colleague, Claire Watkins, a.k.a. The Scam Originator. How are you doing tonight? Doing well. Doing well. Excited to uh, discuss a full three-point weekend. It's wild, right? Sort of having these wins to recap with the Red Stars when there was a long, long stretch of games there where it was just writing and recapping and previewing a sort of winless team, and now here they are. Still maybe getting a couple losses here and there, still getting some draws here and there, but getting some wins at a pretty important time in the season, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I think the team thought at the beginning of the season probably would have dropped more points this week than they ended up dropping. And yeah, I felt like we had time just talking about like, here are the things that the Red Stars need to do to turn all these draws wins. And I think that uh, we're getting to the point where they're implementing those more. I think this was a pretty important win for the Red Stars team just because, you know, they were coming off of that midweek game. They were coming off of a lot of soccer in general. They had a game against Spirit on Sunday, and then they had that July 4th game against the North Carolina Courage, and that was a pretty pretty rough loss on paper, right? And then they came into New Jersey, and uh, they had themselves a game, and they ended up winning 3-1. And you had some goals all by Sam Kerr. She got herself a hat trick back in her own stomping grounds. You had Sam Kerr with a goal in the 40th minute, the 46th minute, and the 63rd minute. And then Imani Dorsey of Sky Blue FC ended up uh, getting a goal in the 73rd minute, kind of uh, axing that clean sheet for Alyssa Nair, um, who I think ended up having a pretty good good time in it, even though she didn't get the 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 shutout but as far as the starting lineup for this match you had to listen to your net you had Gillen, katie naughton julie Ertz, and casey short running out the back line uh midfield consisting of uh nikki stanton danny coloprico Alyssa motts and michelle vasconcelos yuki nagasato and sam kerr running things out for the starting 11 how did you uh feel about this starting lineup I thought it was good. I think they they made the changes that I kind of expected on on short rest. Uh, I think moving Ertz back into the central defense was smart, just giving kind of that anchor and also just giving her legs a little bit of a rest. Um, it I was it was great to see uh, short back in there, um, getting some good minutes. I thought Stanton was the perfect person to slide into midfield in Ertz's place, and uh, I always I always like seeing Yuki and Sam up top. So. I, I think we kind of, I kind of guessed at least that uh, Yuki playing less midweek probably had more to do with her having a central role uh, this weekend, and that kind of came to pass as well. Yeah, it was definitely looking like sort of, um, sort of more of that like four two three one again, kind of what we're seeing just the the Sam Kerr Island, right? Um, and it ended up paying off. I mean, don't don't get me wrong, the first. 30 to 40 minutes of this match, Chicago was looking like um, a sort of very tired team that was going to try and make the best of their chances very early on in the game. It sort of 
try to put it away as soon as they could just because of all the soccer and all of the travel that they sort of had on their bodies. And um, I believe it was Michelle Vasconcelos who probably set up Sam Kerr with that first really good early chance on goal. And then a few others sort of came after that. And then first goal didn't actually break through for the Red Stars um, until that that 40th minute. And then you could just sort of sense like a little bit of relief, you know, like what a great time to score that goal heading into into the second half. Um, were you a little nervous there at all? Just thinking like, oh, man, this could this could be that kind of game just because of the kind of week it is. In the first half hour, I well, uh, maybe it was it's not like Sky Blue were really threatening that much to score first. It was more maybe just looking like we were hurtling towards, you know, maybe like a 1-0 lead late, which obviously the last time they played Sky Blue, they gave up and, and dropped points and it ended up being a draw. Um, but I, uh, there, uh, there's some mental, there are still just, it felt like there were some mental issues up top for Chicago. Michelle Vasconcelos just really needs to get one in there to calm down a little bit. Um, and it felt a little bit too like Kerr was was looking a little bit snake bit as she has for I think it was the past four games. She was on a bit of a, a scoreless streak. Um, so concerned that Sky Blue was suddenly looking dangerous. No concerned that Chicago was going to let this one was going to make it more difficult than it needed to be. Yeah, maybe a little bit. But it really did seem that after they scored that first goal, I was like, oh, they're going to get a couple more of those. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I felt like once they got that first goal, right, then it was it was going to sort of have that, that ripple effect. And I think that just sort of seeing that second half, like right when they came out of that second half, like, boom, you got Sam Kerr just you know, score again, really. They just, they would, they didn't have a second, like Sky Blue really didn't have a second to sort of collect themselves. You know what I mean? And I think we talked a little bit about this in the midweek pod with, with teams sort of going up against um, a team like North Carolina and how sort of you see that goal kind of happen. And then you kind of start to feel like, uh oh, and then you lose a little bit of your confidence and play. And I feel like for Sky Blue, not just because they were playing the Red Stars, I think just because of how their season in general has been going, I think they saw that they had at the very maybe they weren't out playing the Red Stars, but at the very least, they hadn't conceded a goal in 40 minutes. And then Sam Kerr goes ahead and, and breaks that right, you know, right before the half. And then they're going to halftime down a goal and then they come right out of halftime and then they go down two goals and then you just sort of see some of the body language and sort of some of that uh oh kind of I guess maybe mentality sort of starting to creep in um what do you think is sort of what do you think the sort of vibe around sky blue right now is sort of like maybe having a team like Chicago come in and then being able to sort of hold them off for 40 minutes and then just sort of could see that goal is it, do you just, do you just sort of think like, oh, here we go again. I can't imagine the mental toll it would just have uh, on a team to not only not get any wins out of a season, but they've never led. Um, and I, I do, I wonder a little bit, 
I don't. I mean, Sky Blue is tough because they they come out hard. You know, Savannah McCaskill works very hard. Shea Groom works very hard. Amani Dorsey worked very hard this last game. Um, but it doesn't seem necessarily like they're working smart. And when that inevitably breaks down and they're losing again, um, you know, I I don't. There's just no efficient way to bounce back from that. And I, to Sky Blue's credit, they're they're always trying to make something happen. I don't think that uh, commitment is the issue for them, but they don't have the tools to make a real impact against a team like the Red Stars. Like, I thought the goal, the Sky Blue goal, um, Chicago was up by three at that point. I think they just, you know, I think Chicago just really took a step back and conserved energy there and sky blue kind of, you know, stole one, but, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't really have answers, uh, for, for sky blue. I don't know exactly how to help other than I maintain that the talent on their roster should be more competitive than uh, what we've seen every week. Yeah, I think, um, Again, I can't remember if this was actually during the podcast or if it was sort of mentioned uh, off <laughs> off mic, but which is you weird because we, we don't we don't talk to each other other in any ever, other non official capacity. Compa- nope, no, this just one sort of thirty to forty minute time frame in the week is all we communicate. Yep, but it. I know that maybe sort of mentioned that like oh man, like definitely see somebody like Carly Lloyd, you know maybe causing some chaos and wanting to take advantage of a tired, uh, red stars team, you know? And, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm right there with you actually on the money door said, I feel like if anybody was going to get that goal for sky blue, I, I felt like it was going to be her actually just sort of the work that she was putting in for, for the team that night. But yeah, like you, I just, I just don't have a whole lot of answers, um, got a lot of questions, as many, I'm sure a lot of us. Many questions. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people out there do, but um, it just it just was kind of like this this big question mark. And I think after getting, I think Chicago after getting that third goal, cor- cor- correction after Sam Kerr got that that third goal, that hat trick, um, you could sort of see like right, you know, okay, 65th minute, like let's push it to to 70, like start making a couple subs and try to kill the game out, you know? And then you had um, Vanessa DiBernardo actually ended up subbing on in the 75th minute for, for Vasconcelos. And then um, Morgan Bryan actually came on in the 83rd minute for, for Danny Colaprico. Um, and I believe Dorset actually ended up getting her goal just before, if memory serves correctly, I think she got it just before DiBernardo had subbed on. But you could totally tell that it's like, all right, up the three goals, like try to get the, you know, game under control. Let's try to like work on our man, our time management here and sort of make sure that you walk home with the, with the three points in the result. Um, and I think even though Sky Blue was able to get that goal, I just feel like at this point in the season and sort of maybe the mentality around the team right now, it's a little bit difficult to sort of rally yourselves that late in the game from a three goal deficit, 
like this very clearly isn't the 2017 Sky Blue FC team where you never counted them out as long as you had Sam Kerr on their team. And uh, it's a little, it's a, it's a, yeah, not even a little bit. It's it's pretty sad to sort of see right now. Yeah, I agree. And uh, it's especially frustrating because I think there's a lot of young talent on that team that could go on to have long careers if guided well, and they aren't. Um, you know, neither neither by the leaders on the field or by the coaching staff. And these are the kinds of things that players either, you know, just file away and, and move on from, or this could, you know, dictate the path for, for some of these younger players that will carry with them for the rest of their careers. So it's frustrating to me greatly in that respect. I think that there's a lot of potential there that's being totally squandered and that can ruin the sport for people. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I think in, in the sense of the, of the rest stars in, in Chicago sort of going into um, this, this sort of place and this environment and against this kind of team that's clearly struggled um, since week one, it's sort of difficult to maybe, I, I, I guess for lack of a better word, it's sort of difficult to maybe be impressed question mark by uh, a more sort of top tier team beating a lower seated team, you know, it's sort of hard to maybe get excited about that. I mean, I love the, that they got the three points and I think they're, they got them at a very important time, but it's almost sort of like, um, there's sort of that scenario where it's like, okay, well, uh, how highly should we be praising a team that beat another team that they basically should have beaten? You know, it's like with the whole, like when we were talking about Morgan Bryan and having a good team, like a good like outing in her first start and we were just kind of like let's just you know let's be excited about it but let's like not get carried away (laughs) yeah I mean I it has to be said that you know Chicago hasn't gotten wins against what I would consider to be top four competition this year um you know my apologies to the Utah Royals I don't think they're quite there yet uh they ground out some good draws against good teams, but um, I'd be more impressed if we saw something, something like you know, something like three-one against the rain next week, for example. Yeah, for sure, that's a very good point. You know, no, so far this season, um, as far as the top teams, uh, no, no, no wins against uh, Carolina. I got a loss and a draw. Um, same with uh, Portland. Um, they're gonna face. Seattle coming up this Saturday, but they uh, played them to a draw. Not just a draw; it was a zero-zero draw. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just a top true of that. garbage game. You know, just you know. And then speaking of garbage games, you know, just had plenty of garbage in those Orlando games, <laughs> like just not good games against the Orlando Pride. Um, so, yeah, I think it's you know again great to get the points, and then but when you look at it on paper, you're just sort of like, okay, well, yeah, that's a team. A team you, you need to beat, but um, it's also for me a little bit. If you think I mean, the way I'm kind of thinking about it is, if if we're like gung ho and we really believe that Chicago is making the playoffs this year, I just don't want it to turn into another scenario like last year where 
Chicago got all of the right points. They stole a bunch of points from North Carolina, which was awesome, but um, they got the right points from the right teams. But then when it came to the playoffs, when it really matters against a very good team, they didn't have the tools consistently to put together a performance that would get them to the final. And I think we're at the point where we could conceivably start talking about Chicago really being in that playoff picture. And we need to see more of the team that can beat those other top, you know, competitors and less of the team that uh, can show up and do their job against sky blue. Yeah, no, I, I agree, which is why I think that, um, this game coming up against Seattle Rain is is um, a pretty important game. I think I think at this point it's it's kind of safe to say that every game is going to be like super significant down the stretch, right? Um, I think you and I both kind of shared that sentiment about this uh, last Sky Blue game when we previewed it after the North Carolina game. We we're both kind of like, you know what? If uh, they actually don't get the win, if they only get a draw, like that will feel incredibly disapp- like more disappointing than an actual like four one loss against. Carolina like that'll feel worse and so I think um as we get further and further into this second half of the season like obviously these games are gonna um feel like like they have more weight to them and uh just sort of have more importance um but I think especially against a a team like Seattle Reign where you know you got some of those things like tiebreakers that could sort of come into play down the stretch like those are always important things to sort of remember when um, the table gets closer to shaking out in those kind of last like six matches or so, you know, but before we actually get dive really, really deep in into uh, Seattle and sort of uh, preview that. And I usually ask you for your predictions and stuff um, after this sky blue victory, um, Chicago went through their post game and um Dan Laletta, who is a longtime, um, longtime reporter on as far as covering the women's game in, in Sky Blue FC in, in general, um, was there on the scene and and was able to to talk to Sam Kerr. And in these post game um, mix zone comments, she was asked Dan Laletta if she enjoyed uh, her return to New Jersey, and um, her response to that question has been getting a lot of attention and I think, uh, rightfully so. Um, I think anybody who's had sort of the honor and the privilege or pleasure to work with Sam Kerr, uh, in any sort of media capacity can, uh, sort of similarly agree that Sam Kerr will always, uh, be very honest and always speak from the heart. And I think uh, as media, that's all you can ask for. And, uh, I really do appreciate that about her and, um, she showed no different in answering this question. So when asked if she enjoyed her return to New Jersey, um, and I'm just reading off of the transcribed tweet that Dan Letta put here. And she, she mentioned, if I'm honest, I didn't enjoy it. I wish things were better here and that I could stay. I scored a hat trick, but I wasn't myself today. I feel sad. I feel sick playing against these girls. They're my lifelong friends. It just, it sucks that that's the way it had to be, but, I'm just going to say the girls deserve better, and I'm just going to leave it at that. These girls are great girls. They give everything of themselves for this club and this league, and they just deserve better. I wish I could take every single one of them with me, but that's not the way it is. I felt like I was going to cry at some points in the game. So some pretty 
heavy comments there. Like that's not those, that's not like, that's not like some light, warm hearted fluff. You know what I mean? You ask, um, I think sometimes when you ask a certain question of maybe a former player from your club, like you sort of expect, you're sort of maybe waiting for the typical kind of like, oh, you know, it's great to see everybody, but this is my new team now and this is what we're focused on. And uh, um, Sam Kerr really didn't do that. Um, she spoke very honestly and, and open and from from the heart. And um, that's that's got to be that's it felt very heavy to to read it. And honestly, it felt very heavy to just sort of uh, absorb it because it was such the type of game that it was, you know what I mean? It was a, a big three points for the Red Stars. It was the last game um, on a three-game, seven-day trip. Uh, a lot of traveling. Two of those games were were road games. Um, so I imagine a lot of fatigue as well somewhere in there. So it was just, and you know, and Sam Kerr got a hat trick, you know, on her old stomping ground. She got a hat trick. And not only did she collect this hat trick, but she scored her 50th and 51st career goal for, for NWSL. And in doing that is now in the lead with eight goals for that sort of golden boot conversation that we start to have every year. Um, so yeah, just, just a lot of heavy stuff coming out of that post game. What were you, what were some of your initial reactions to that, Claire, if you saw them? Yeah. Um, I have a lot. I want to start, I want to give, uh, Publicly give you, Sandra, a little bit of an assist because you, when you spoke to Sam after the Washington Spirit game, you asked a similar question of how she was feeling about going back to New Jersey. And she gave you a hint. She gave you kind of a, I want to talk about this, but not right now, sort of an answer. Yeah. Yeah. She, she did. Thank, thank you for bringing that up. It was actually, after, it was during this week. It was at the Spirit game. It was right after the, the victory that they had against the spirit in Toyota park during the mix zone there. And it was very brief. And, you know, I just asked her what she wanted to take and how she felt about that. And she did say that, um, I believe I don't want to misquote her. And if you all want to hear the audio is up on Claire's recap at hot time in, in old town, um, back for the spirit recap, right? Yeah. That it's, was on our song, it's, it's on our, uh, it's on our SoundCloud. And I asked her about that. And she, you know, she just said that she's focused on the, the games and, you know, the, her and the team are focused on the games in front of her. Um, they're taking it one game at a time, but uh, that she was very clearly happy to be here and here meaning with the Chicago Red Stars. Yeah, I think she said she she reiterated or iterated for the first time uh, her love for the players who are still at Sky Blue. And she said something along the lines of she's very happy, specifically happy to be in Chicago, but maybe more specifically, she said something along the lines of being happy to be out of there. Um, me that kind of perked my ears up a little bit and I was like oh Sam Kerr kind of wants to talk so I'm less surprised that uh, when Dan caught her after the Sky Blue game obviously it was very emotional she hit a lot of personal milestones at that game yeah no I um oh man it's just it's um I'm trying not to like get to I don't want to get too, I don't want to say emotional, but just uh, heavy with it. But I just think it's really, I just thought it was particularly heartbreaking that Sam Kerr mentions that, 
you know, she wishes that she could have taken all of them with her. Like, I mean, it's, it's both equal parts heartbreaking and I think equal parts sort of revealing, you know, maybe question mark. I think that there's, I think that there is, um, more there, you know what I mean? And I think that it's unfortunate that a lot of the conversation that's sort of occurring, um, post game or, you know, after all of, after the game and just sort of the narrative that's sort of come out of this game, um, that it's, it's basically taken, it's taken somebody like Sam Kerr to just be herself in a post game for, for people to sort of start reacting to potentially sky blue as an organization, not just as a team that's losing games. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, uh, I just had this thought while you were talking, but, um, I think it also maybe makes it doubly cool from a Chicago standpoint that she came here. She didn't give up on independence completely, you know? Um, I think that she's, you know, she's willing to give, give teams a shot. And I, I do think that in the ongoing debate as to whether or not the independence will ultimately survive, uh, in, in this league, I think it's cool that she, that that wasn't a, a mitigating factor for her. Um, and she, and I think it's also just interesting in the larger conversation that we've had about Chicago this year, about how obviously that was not the final destination for, uh, some players who similarly felt the need to move on for whatever reason. And, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm just, yeah, I think I, I'm glad that Sam Kerr is still here and I'm glad that she's a Chicago red star. And I think it's very cool that she, with the power that she had, she got herself out, but then also still felt like it was part of her role as a growing leader in the sport of women's soccer to, bring up these issues for players who don't have the voice that she has. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, um, I think it just also emphasizes just sort of the question marks that are kind of surrounding this whole thing and in sky blue as an organization in general, because after these, um, comments were sort of put out there, you know, you have, players essentially you know saying you know saying thank you or or at the very least just agreeing with Sam Kerr you know what I mean and like at one point you had Rachel Bryden who was involved with the Sky Blue organization sort of retweet her her stuff and her comments and say maybe it's time to start having those conversations you had Caroline Stanley you know who who commended Sam Kerr for, you know, speaking about it. So it's, it's, it's being noticed. It's clearly being heard and um, other players are there, you know, and, and Nikki Stanton, who also came from sky blue to the red stars completely agreed, you know, with Sam Kerr and her, her comments, you know, post game and, and retweeted that as well. And um, so it's, 
you know, you're, you're seeing at the very least sort of a, a, con, a player consensus, right? Whether it's past, you know, former or present, you know, whatever. And um, I think there was enough, there was enough there over the weekend, apparently, um, because today, today, Monday, <laughs> you had Sky Blue FC sort of release a, I don't know what, I, I called it a statement of intent when I actually retweeted it, but uh, on their Twitter account, you had the official Sky Blue FC Twitter account, you saw they, they put out this this statement and it they tweeted out, your voice matters and we want you to know that we hear you. Let's work together to make this better for all of us. Hashtag push forward. And it was a sort of, um, it was a graphic with the following statement that said, we want our supporters to know that your voices are being heard by each of us within Sky Blue FC. And we sincerely appreciate the consistent dedication that you provide our organization. Please continue to hold us accountable as we strive to deliver the best possible product and environment for our players, coaches, staff, and you as fans. We know that we must all do better and it is paramount that we lift each other up as we work towards achieving the same common goals. And I thought it was um, particularly interesting in that statement with the hashtag push forward, number one, right? Um and I also thought it was particularly interesting the fact that it just it definitely just felt like uh, it was sort of you know it was just basically sort of like a I feel like a reaction not not so much to maybe Sam Kerr's statements but to Cloud Nine which is the supporters group of of Sky Blue FC they've done a great work you know as far as being a supporter group in the NWSL and trying to do their part and and being a, a, a supporters group and, you know, over the weekend and, and all of the stuff that was being said, you know, cloud nine actually had put out a statement of their own. So it was just like, you had this timeline of, of Chicago wins, you know, they have a dominating win against sky blue FC, you know, Sam Kerr gets a hat trick against their former club. Sam Kerr gets asked about being in New Jersey and she enjoyed it. You know, she says what she says. And then it's sort of, you know, started all these this conversation. And then it got to the point where the supporters group, you know, Cloud9 felt like they had to, you know, release a statement of their own. And they their statement was, you know, that our primary mission as a supporters group of Sky Blue FC is to have the back of every player that wears our badge to make sure that win, lose or draw. They know they have people behind them that care about them and their well-being on and off the field in light of Sam Kerr's post-game comments and the reaction from other players that have been in the Sky Blue system. We cannot stay silent on this. Change has been long overdue. We call on management and ownership to step up and do the right thing for the sake of the players that sacrifice so much of their lives and for the fans that support them. We all deserve better. So I just, I just felt like, you know, Sky Blue sort of um, statement kind of echoed that, you know, like clearly, they got a lot of attention, negative attention over the weekend that, that was obviously more than just, Hey, here's another loss. Um, how does that sort of statement, how did that statement sort of read to you? Like when you first saw it? I don't know. It's um, a lot, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't really know what to make of it. Part of it too is just, you know, I, Sky Blue is not a team that I really cover. Just don't know maybe as well as some other 
writers who cover them more uh, frequently. Um, I think it's good. I think it's good for fans to speak up. I think if they don't ask for change, uh, it will never happen. Or if it does happen, it will be sudden and severe. Um, I thought Sky Blues... I'm just going to call it a tweet because that's all it was. It wasn't a press release. It wasn't emailed out to media. Um, yeah. It was yeah, just, it was a, just tweet. a tweet. Um, and I thought that was good. I mean, I, I understand them feeling like they needed to acknowledge it. Um, and they thought that that was better than not saying anything at all, which is obviously another tactic you could take if you're in the middle of something like this. But I don't necessarily trust their ability to follow it with action, especially in the short term. Uh, and I don't necessarily trust them to fully understand the depth of the issues that people have with the club. So I think that that's a conversation that um, I know the owners of all the teams talk to each other. I know that they have organized in the past, and I think that they need to work with Amanda Duffy and the Sky Blue ownership group to make some changes uh, because it's the only way that there's going to be a healthy club in the, uh, you know, NYC Metro area. And that's the only way that it's that area is going to, you know, survive as part of the NWSL landscape. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I think, um, I think given the off season that occurred, um, over the, over the, you know, sort of late, 2017 early 2018 kind of off season of NWSL like just everything that took place and going into this season I think to sort of hear these things um just sort of heighten people's already sort of heightened fears I guess of you know another club potentially just seeing or having that kind of writing on the wall you know what I mean um and I think it's it's a little bit unfortunate because I also feel like, you know, this doesn't happen overnight. <laughs> you know what I mean? I feel like um, I feel like Sky Blue had Sam Kerr last year, and she scored a lot of goals and was an amazing story, and won the Golden Boot and was the MVP, and you know, sort of flirted around with the idea of maybe getting into the playoffs, but that quickly disappeared when it became apparent that the team was literally Sam Kerr scoring goals. And, like, it wasn't – I don't know if that wasn't enough to, like, poke and prod or, or what, you know, but um, to just sort of have these players removed, like, you have – Kelly O'Hara, who who went to the Royals, and now you have Sam Kerr and Nikki Stanton, who are with Chicago, and it sort of just makes you wonder. Well, like yeah, Sam Sam Kerr is is speaking up, speaking out, but I, I kind of I'm a little bit. I don't know if I want to say appalled <laughs> that this is what it took. My initial reaction when I saw that Twitter statement was that when I retweeted it, I said, you know, here's a here's a friendly reminder, you know, just. Just remember that it, it took one of the world's best players actually leaving Sky Blue, experiencing a new club environment, you know, with Chicago, then actually return to play against Sky Blue, see that nothing has changed, you know, and then speak 
out about it for like that kind of Twitter statement to come out. Like that's, let's be real. Like that's really the reason why anyone's having this conversation is because of these post game comments. And I think what's sort of so sad about it is that, you know, you have a player like Sam Kerr who didn't actually really cite any specifics at all whatsoever, but just mentions that she spoke like a person who got out. You know what I mean? I feel like, like I heard the, I read these comments from Sam Kerr, dude, and I'm not going to front. Like I read these comments from Sam Kerr and Sam Kerr, I was like, damn, I'm like, it sounds like Sam Kerr got like made it out the hood. And she's like looking at all her girls who like are stuck and it sucks. Like Loki, like that's how it made me feel when I read like a Tupac Shakur movie right now. Dude, like she was like living that life. And she was like, man, I, you know, I wish I could take all my homegirls with me, but you know, I couldn't. And I'm very happy where I'm at, you know, like with my, with my new teammates and my new life in a new city. You know what I mean? Like, it's just sort of the vibe that it gave me. Cause it's like nowhere in those post game comments. Is there any mention of any like real specific things? She just kept it very vague and was like, I love all my old teammates they're my lifelong friends, you know, and they deserve better. And that's all I'm going to say. But, you know, unfortunately, when you kind of say stuff like that, it's like people are sort of trying to dissect it as best they can and, and stuff like that. And um, I just thought it was pretty, pretty telling. And I, it makes me wonder if like, oh, like, well, now that Sam Kerr sort of has, you know, and even Nikki Stanton, you know, cause she did retweet and, and agree with, with her comments, but how these two players sort of, came out of that organization are playing for in a city like Chicago for the Red Stars and um, to sort of, I guess, maybe have a little bit of a different perspective and to go back and sort of see those things. Like, you know, maybe it really just did hit much harder once they went back after sort of playing in a new environment. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I here's kind of what I think, and this is probably my last coherent thought on the matter, which is, Generally, I want good things for this league. And I think I want it at the end of the day, I want it to live. I don't want things to die out. I don't want branches to fall off. Um, And part of the founding of the NWSL specifically was that there are just things that you have to deal with in order to make that happen. However, um, I don't think it's good enough to let that wish cloud kind of what we see and what we hear in our own judgment in assessing these kinds of situations. And I think that you're going to hear more and more people speaking out about a variety of different things just because they're sick of it. And it's been going on for too long. This league is too old now for uh, some of the conditions that, that we're talking about with some of these teams. And that's so personally for me, you know, if I'm thinking to myself, it took Sam Kerr speaking out for me to really get to the point where I'm like, wow, this is an issue that needs to be dealt with and it needs to be dealt with quickly and efficiently. Um, and I think that that's an issue with women's sports. I think we have to be optimistic because uh, the cards are so stacked against us from the very beginning, but we can't let that turn it into something that is going to have consequences of 
its own. So, yeah, it felt like a wake-up call to me, um, which I was grateful for. But also, I think it's just a reminder of, like, what fighting for the future of the entire league is going to mean. And so, yeah, I'm grateful to uh, to Sam Kerr for putting all of that into perspective. You know, she's uh, I called her a good egg on Twitter, and I stand by that. <laughs> Thanks, Grandpa. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> she's a good Sam Kerr. Good egg. Play soccer sometimes. Like <laughs> that's what yep. it's left with. But yeah, no, I mean, I think that's that's ultimately what it is. I think um, at the end of the day, I think everybody has the same common goal or hope you know for this league and that it's um for it to continue to grow um in every which way shape and form whether that's uh you know better organizational conditions and you know just following minimum standards or setting minimum standards and um hopefully you know as this league enters into its seventh season you know next year seventh season um final year of a lifetime in any contract you know wink wink nod nod um but they sort of can maybe figure something out and um improve things uh moving forward you know but um kudos to, to sam kerr for just literally just being who she is right but i hope uh she has you know selfishly i hope she has another big game this Saturday against the rain. Honestly, I would uh I would love to see some Sam Kerr goals against the Seattle Rain. She she got a she got a few of those uh last season um when she was with Sky Blue. And uh Seattle Rain are coming playing visitors against the Chicago Red Stars this Saturday. Um so if you don't have your tickets, y'all better get some tickets to the show cuz it probably will be a very very good matchup you guys. Yeah. Two good teams. You got uh, two coaches with a lot. Yeah, there's only a few left. Um, you got two coaches with a lot of history between them, you know. Um, do you have any predictions for this game, Claire? I think there will be some goals scored. Um, this one, this game, like, total has at least three or four goals in it, I think. I hope so. I also, as much as I hate to feel this way, I also feel like it could be a draw. So Yeah, I said it, I said maybe like a two two. Two two draw. Yeah, like if it's if it's like cause I mean the last game ended in, in a draw and it was a zero zero draw and I feel like if it were to end in another draw it would be like a one one or a two two. But of course like I want the win. So like I wouldn't be mad if it was a one zero or like a two one kind of win. That would be cool too. Um but no, nah, we'll 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 see what happens. Um, who do you think needs to have a big game in this Seattle game for it to to click? I'm gonna say, and this is the thing too, where I just I don't know. Well, there's a couple questions going into it. One being where will Ju- Julie Ertz play? Um, will Casey Short start? And between Yuki and uh, Vanessa Di Bernardo, who has the fitness? to really be kind of that linchpin for Kerr up top. So I would say uh, with one of those two players, I would say either either uh, Nagasato or Di Bernardo needs to really be in charge. I think it would be great um, if, Mo Bryan, if the Mo Bryan that played against North Carolina showed up. 
I think that'll be difficult for the Seattle rain to deal with. It'll be interesting to see if the rain have just fishlock back by then. Um, but yeah, so I would say the battle's going to be in the midfield. So it's going to be all about uh, efficiency and creativity in the uh, Chicago midfield. Yeah, same. Um, I think it's it's going to come down right into that little midfield area. I don't know if um, lobbing him over the top to Sam Kerr is going to work in this one. Um, but I guess we'll find out on Saturday. Uh, Claire, thank you for hanging out with me and, uh, you know, chatting about Chicago things and some non-Chicago things. You know, yeah, chatting we got, about, we got kind of chatting about feelings. with this one, yeah. Chatting Ooh. about some feelings. I mean, you know, we got to let the people know that, you know, we can be deep on this channel. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we can be deep on the podcast. Like, it's not, you know, it's not going to be just like, it's not, all X, it's not all X's and O's, people. Yeah, exactly. You know, tactics are for uh, for weirdos. No, JK. For nerds. They're for nerds. They're for nerds. You can nerd out every once in a while. But sometimes you got to tap into those feelings, right? And we definitely did that today. But I couldn't do it with anyone else, you know, but you. And I appreciate you for that. Why don't you let everybody know where they can find you and all your good work? Yes. So uh, you can always find me at Hot Time in Old Town, just breaking, breaking it down for uh, the Chicago Red Stars. I also write for The Equalizer, uh, which has put out some good t- content uh, similar to what we talked about today this week. Uh, there are some people over there who are a little bit more NJ and yeah, NJ centric. So they uh, they've got some good stuff going on there. And you can also find me on Twitter at Scout Ripley, which is the name of my band. And we put a record out last year and you can check that out, too. So I'm all over the place. You can't you can't avoid me. Yeah, no. If you like what you hear in the intro and the outro of this episode, you should definitely tap into Scott Ripley and listen to them and support them and support your local Chicago band, y'all. That's what's up. If you want to follow me and my shenanigans, you can do that on Twitter at Herrera underscore. That's H-E-R-R-E-R-A underscore. If you want to continue to follow the Southside Trap podcast, you can do that on Twitter at Southside Trap Pod. That's one letter P at Southside Trap Pod. You can also find our episodes over at podbean.com and you can find us on iTunes. So like and subscribe, please. You'll get the episode quicker and uh, you'll get my never ending like love and affection. And who doesn't want that? I give great hugs. So thank you for hanging out and uh, hopefully we have another victory to recap for you next week. Peace, y'all.